Husker Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco Realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. For this episode of Esker Out Loud, Britt and I sit down at one of San Francisco's newest condo buildings, Stage 1075, at 1075 Market Street, with industry veteran Eddie Skies. Eddie has a long history of accomplishment in new home sales. He actually began his real estate career back in Atlanta in 1988, and after a few years in traditional real estate resales, he got his first taste of on-site new home sales in 1992 at a mid-rise building on Piedmont Park. Since then, his passion for new home sales has taken him across America, from Arizona to California, where he has flourished through upcycles, market adjustments, and the Great Recession, and roles from regional vice president of sales for a national home builder, to frontline sales management at many new developments throughout Northern and Southern California. Here in Northern California, he sold or managed sales from Brentwood to Gilroy, Oakland, and Walnut Creek, from huge active adult master plans to boutique buildings and luxury high-rises. Here in the Bay Area, Eddie has been responsible for sales at many new buildings in neighborhoods from Uptown Oakland, Jack London Square, South of Market, Hayes Valley, to the Bayview, and now Mid-Market. I hope you enjoy this special episode of Escrow Out Loud. So here we are sitting at one of San Francisco's newest buildings, completed 17? Uh, no, we got our certificate of occupancy in February of 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many units? 90 total units, okay. uh, 79 market rate and 11 on-site below market rate units. And how many are sold? Uh, we are, let's see, uh, what day is it? Um, 54 <laughs> or 55? Nice. Yeah. We knew you were doing well. Uh, so we started uh, doing our hard hat tours, you know, while the building was still under construction, uh, mostly with brokers initially in September, and then um, launched sales last, basically last weekend of October was our first sales release. So we were selling, you know, hard hat tours all the way through February. And typical when you have on site, uh, we accelerated a few unit interiors so that we had some finished units to show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, sold our first release um, and it's just been going great since then. I realized I didn't say the name of the building. Oh, Stage 1075, <laughs> which is uh, 1075 Market. It's on Market Street near 7th, right in the mid-market Civic Center neighborhood. We're at 1075 Market, right? Market and 7th, we're mid-market. This has been an area that's like, people have always talked about changing and maybe it's going to change this time. Is it changing? And, and who's who's making that bet? Like, like right. who's coming? Right. Who's going to change it? Right. Great Is it going to change? Well, so the building was designed for a younger tech, uh, first-time home buyer, so the units are a little smaller, so that their prices are lower, so that they're more uh, attainable. You know, but for your first time home buyer. And yes, mid market civic center is finally changing. Um, I was sales manager at Soma Grant, which was a real pioneer Wait, in the market. Uh, what, what year though? This is the part. That was 2009. 2009. 2009. Soma Grand. Soma Grand. 1160 Mission Street between 7th and 8th? Yes. 6th and 7th? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so oftentimes people had to step over a homeless person to get into my lobby. And it was before any of the San Giacomo Trinity project that are there between 8th Emission and yep. the market on 8th Street, that enormous apartment complex. Before that was there, before really anything was here. 
Um, that was a story about up and coming in the future. The story that I'm telling now in mid-market is the up and coming is happening right now. The 90 condos right here at stage 1075, there's so much happening in mid-market. And I want to go back to our, our now deceased mayor, Ed Lee, who essentially launched the revitalization of this area with the tax credits for Twitter. And then many other uh, tech companies followed suit. So right along these few blocks here, you've got Twitter, Uber, Square, Zendesk, Dolby, uh, so many tech companies that have moved in. And then that launched additional development of support of housing and so on. So, I mean, I could just go through the list. I, I know it's amazing. Like, I mean, literally across the street, there's a new hotel, there's a new hotel. you know, that is thriving. It's got buzz. Like apparently, you know, the, the restaurants in there are getting great reviews, yeah. the rooftop bar. When was the last time a mid-market hotel had buzz? Right. For the right reason. So I'm the, <laughs> I am the, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. The same week that we went to sale, five-star hotel opens across the street. So it's the proper hotel. The, the rooftop bar and restaurant that you mentioned, Matt, is called Charmaine's. So much buzz. It's so popular. Uh, and what they did was they took a turn-of-the-century building that was dilapidated SRO, single-room occupancy hotel, for decades, and uh, they gutted it. All brand-new interior, restored the exterior to its turn-of-the-century glory. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful property. And so I get to point to that across the street and say, this is what mid-market is becoming. Not what it's going to become, but what it's becoming now. Across the street, a little bit farther down, Shorenstein is building 304 brand new apartments under construction right now. Occupancy third quarter 2019, next year. Um, next door to that at 1026 Market, uh, there's another uh, 200 unit apartment building that breaks ground this month. So 500 new apartments going in all, all third quarter next year occupancy at the corner of 7th and Market, which is two doors down from me across from the proper hotel. There's also a turn-of-the-century building, total restoration of the outside, total gut renovation of the inside. That opens in September as another hotel. It's, it's the Yotel brand, uh, which is mostly uh, European. There's a couple in New York. This is their first West Coast property. Uh, I can't wait till this thing opens because it, they, they call their vibe Tech Funk. Tech Funk. Tech Funk. And uh, if you go on their website and you look at some of their other properties, you feel like you're first-class Virgin America. You know, with like LEDs and right. funky music like and, and, and the, the mood lighting, all the atmosphere and all that. So that opens in September. Whole Foods just announced they're opening the largest Whole Foods in the city at the corner of 8th and Market, a block and a half away. That's where the, the Trinity project That's where the Trinity project is. So yeah. the last building of the Trinity complex uh, that Whole Foods will be on the ground floor. Uh, and that building is under construction right now. Which is amazing considering, you know, another block away you have the market which is, you know, groceries plus full on, you know, prepped food, all of those things. And so for mid-market to suddenly have like two grocery stores, you know, like good, real grocery stores, right. because honestly, you know, in, until the market opened, until you got to upper market, there was nothing, nothing right. downtown. You know, you have the, the Soma Whole Foods, but that was it. Yeah. The city uh, it has set aside $450 million to completely redo Civic Center Plaza. The first phase of that is almost done, two new playgrounds. You can go there now and, and see their, their, I think one of them is open, the other one's almost finished. This is a two-year project. They're completely redoing the hardscape and the landscape and the layout and everything in Civic, Civic Center Plaza. So there's just so much happening right now 
And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the homeless situation in this area and how gentrification can tend to push people that are on the margins out. And it's really great to see that the city recognizes that and are working with various uh, non-governmental agencies to build housing. For example, Mercy Housing just announced that they are building a building right behind Stage 1075 uh, on the other side of Stevenson, a, a new building that'll have 100 units for formerly homeless seniors and 156 units for formerly homeless people. Uh, so 256 brand new studio units for formerly homeless. The two apartment buildings across the street, their below market rate requirement, they're actually building a whole new building in the Tenderloin to satisfy their requirement for below market rate units. So there is new affordable housing that's being built to deal with the fact that this area is gentrified and, and there are people that, you know, in this area that have been in this area for decades that are being pushed out because of the gentrification. Yeah, it's, it's a very good point. Um, also, I think one of the interesting parts about this neighborhood to me is that you had all of these spaces that had kind of been used in one way and the city kind of essentially forgot about this neighborhood for decades. And so you had folks, you know, living in what was technically commercially zoned space or like a studio was suddenly subdivided into 40 units. And they were the really quirky, interesting people um, that suddenly we're all getting kind of eviction notices and it's like, wow, this neighborhood really, really is changing. But to your point, yes, the city is, you know, a lot of the development happening here is also below market rate very intentionally. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to tell buyers that are, are buying in your development, you know, what's coming, those projects are coming. The reason people always say like, we can't build those things is because it, you know, the market rate folks don't want it. Do you get pushback from people buying this building? Is, or I mean, how does that play out? Or do they see it as being you know, that's what makes a neighborhood vibrant and enjoyable. That, that's a great question. Because of the sort of the stigma of mid-market civic center, because it has been an, an area that's been uh, sort of forgotten, and except, except for the homeless population, when people come here, especially people that are, that are savvy about San Francisco, that know San Francisco, and that are savvy about urban living, they understand that there's a blend. When, when you're really in an urban setting, there's a blend of, of economics and they appreciate that and they actually expect it and they, they want to hear about what the city is doing with affordable housing and that sort of thing. So they're sensitive to it. They understand it and they get it. You know, people that, that maybe want to be in a more, um, uh, in an area that is less diverse, they're not going to buy in this building. Because we live in a diverse, this building is in a diverse neighborhood. Yeah, and so, the, so, so the people that that buy here recognize and embrace the fact that it's a diverse neighborhood. Are most of them from San Francisco, or are they? Most these? are. Yeah, most are. Most are from. The most city. are from the city, or or the city adjacent. Say maybe South San Francisco or Daly City, yeah. or. Yeah. But they're not new to the Bay Area. Not new to the Bay Area. And there are folks that are planning on living in the building, not speculators that are flipping it or overseas investors that are, you know. Yeah, out of the 54, 55 sales so far, only four are investors. Everyone wow. else is going to live in their unit. How many are closed? Uh, 34. So Including we have we have people living here. That's tomorrow. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. You know, when like a decade ago, the city was really kind of developing like South Beach, uh, Mission Bay. Soma, and you worked kind of in a lot of those developments. 
uh, when they were brand new. And now the city seems to have really shifted the high-rise density construction kind of essentially to where we are, where this building 1075, uh, stage 1075, 1075 market is, kind of right on the edge of what they're calling the hub, you know, which is if you think of like, you know, market and Van Ness intersecting, yeah. um, you know, you've got like a thousand unit building proposed there. There's One Oak and kind of all of these other projects. So it's a really neat location in the sense that you're going to be very adjacent to what appears to, to be, you know, our next high rise corridor, but still in kind of a mid rise building that feels San Francisco. Um, very San Francisco, very boutique. Uh, because it's just 90 units. It's not a giant high rise. But yeah, that intersection of Van Ness and Market uh, is really interesting. You know, you've got the 100 Van Ness, which is the totally repurposed office building that's now luxury mm-hmm. rentals. Um, there's some other new residential buildings there. You mentioned One Oak, which is right at the corner of Van Ness and Market. Um, don't know what the construction timeline on that is. Where the old, where the old, uh, Goodwill was. It's all, yeah, it was gone. demolished. It's gone. <laughs> They're digging a giant hole for underground parking there. Tower so, Wash will go away at some point. I mean, right. It's 11 stories, I want to say. Yeah. And the, um, and the Honda dealership. And the Honda dealership yeah, is going. Like, yeah. A thousand units. Of, is that a thousand? Yeah. Years? Wow. So, yes. so while there's a, a ton happening, let's say between eighth and sixth right now. Yeah. On market. The next wave is that Van Ness and Market mm-hmm. area, and that's going to be more high rise. Yeah. yeah, and this feels kind of like a, a nice location that is adjacent to those benefits, with kind of necessarily being right in the thick of it. You know, it so. makes it makes so much sense because Civic Center Mid Market is the heart of the city. Obviously, City Hall's there, and Civic Center Civic Center, where every festival, every protest. Yeah. You know, everything happens. And then you have the ballet and the opera and the symphony and the Asian art museum. And if you like raves, there's the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. And then there's the theaters, the Orpheum, uh, you know, where the Broadway shows are. And it's just, it's all right here. I mean, literally, like across the street, Jones ends or begins, depending on how you want to look at it, right? We uh-huh. can walk north on Jones and we will pretty much walk through almost every iconic neighborhood of San Francisco. Uh, you know, from, from Knob Hill, Russian Hill. Uh, down back down to the marina and yet like this is where it starts yeah you know i mean that's the hypernia bank building like one of the most cool buildings along market street like right across the street but you don't think of this as being central i always just i forget about my market uh-huh and because it's been forgettable yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's been forgettable for a long time and uh you know i, I want to say one other thing about this building and the price point the demographic and all of that you know there is some consternation around the world about wealthy people parking their money in real estate and snatching up and buying new construction condos around the world. It's, it happens in San Francisco, but you know, it's, it's a big problem in London. Uh, it's Paris. A big, a big Paris. Like pick your big major urban city that right. people like. Yeah. And so while I could be working on a high rise in, you know, the Rincon Hill area, cause there's a number of them there, you know, very high end high rise condo buildings. I prefer this because this really feels like it's part of a solution to the housing problem in San Francisco. I don't have foreign nationals buying condos that sit empty. That's not who we're selling to here because the units are smaller, which keeps them more affordable. So they're attainable uh, for a person that's actually going to buy the home and live in it and, and get their foothold into the San Francisco real estate market, have their first home. And it's so gratifying for these first time home buyers and just the thrill and the excitement and, and they're just grinning ear to ear when they come pick up their keys and 
It's just really exciting. There is nothing better than working with a first-time buyer yeah, and totally agree. that yeah. moment of handing them the keys and saying congratulations and the look on their face. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, those are some of my favorite moments in yeah. this crazy business. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. you're saying smaller and affordable. And of course, you know, people are listening to our, our podcast from Iowa and they would totally believe small, uh, but completely not affordable. And when we talk about <laughs> sizes, you know, when we actually kind of talk, you know, our sizes, I, I think it's, it's eye opening. So, you know, just not exact, but kind of like ballpark, you know, what's a, what's a, a size for like a, a one bedroom and, you know, rough pricing these days. Sure. Sure. So, so we have sort of uh, two, two groups of one bedrooms. We have our smaller, more affordable one bedrooms and then sort of our premium one bedrooms. The smaller, more affordable one bedrooms are in the 500 to 550 square foot range priced around 700,000. And then the more premium one bedrooms are in the 650 to 700 square foot range, spacious for a San Francisco one bedroom for new construction. And those are generally in the 800,000s. And when we talk about these sizes, people, especially when I talk about them with you know folks outside of the Bay Area, they just look at me like I'm insane. And I think one of the things that people don't get is that your living room is not your living room. Your living room is your neighborhood. Right. Yeah. You know, when you want some entertainment, you just exit the building, you walk out the street. And I'm not trying to, to say that in like a dismissive way or anything, but, you know, people that live in the city, you know, we live in the city to live and we just use our houses to sleep right. and entertain. Uh -huh. You know, yeah. You just don't live in San Francisco if you need a McMansion. You right. just don't. Yeah. And uh, it, it's funny too, um, you know, we, many of our buyers are the classic millennial and people have been saying that. You know, millennials spend their money on experience, not stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that to really be true because we have storage lockers for sale in the basement. <laughs> and the millennials, lockers left over. the millennials are not buying storage lockers. Really? Because they don't have stuff. It's really interesting. There was an article, I think it was in the New York Times a few months ago, about it was basically like no the 20 and 30 somethings, they don't want their, their grandparents crap. Right. Like, and they don't need, you know, the winter China and the summer China and the, you know, yeah. 15 different sets of placemats and everything. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> well, because how many sets of China does Mr. Fuller have? But yeah, I mean, it's, it does seem like there's sort of a, a generational shift in, in the stuff quotient. In the stuff quotient, yeah. And, uh, I mean, my clients who are buying in condo buildings that when they're in their 30s and 40s, you know, the, the non-millennials, they definitely, they're the ones who always ask about the storage. Uh -huh. And parking. Uh-huh. You have no parking here, right? Well, there's, a, there's 22 parking spaces for the 90 units. Which is a really good ratio because, again, your younger buyer who really embraces the sharing economy, you know, they're all about Uber and Lyft and, and public transportation and they're on their bike and they're walking. Um, and especially in a location like this where you can walk out your door and you have so many entertainment and dining and shopping opportunities within a five to ten minute walk. Yeah. You don't Why need would you want to get in a car if you live here? Right. Why? I mean, yeah. I, yes, if you have to drive to, to wherever far, far, far away to do your job. But, you know, I mean, if I was a commuter, like, I don't, you know, this may not even be a building I would consider for that reason. I mean, but it, it's, it's a city building and it is so transit and pedestrian friendly. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We're a half a block away from the, from the underground, from the subway. You know, there's a bike sharing station right outside the door. 
And there's a, there's a car sharing parking space in our garage, uh, for uh, the HOA hasn't decided if it's going to be a zip car or get around or whichever one it will be. Yep. Um, and so if you want to go to Tahoe for the weekend, you just get the car for the weekend. Yeah. And in the meantime, you're not paying for a car payment and insurance and oil changes and a parking space. Ask Her Out Loud is a weekly podcast about San Francisco real estate from the Jackson Fuller team, San Francisco realtors since 2002. Show notes with links are at jacksonfuller.com. 